welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In the previous podcast, we quoted from a few theologians to show the general belief that adoption is something that is not only a part of justification, but that it takes place of faith. We showed from Ephesians 1.5 that this cannot be, and that adoption originated in the mind and purpose of God before the creation of the world. To provide further information that adoption is an eternal and imminent act of God, we will first quote from John Gill. Obviously, we cannot quote everything Gill wrote, but I will quote somewhat extensively from him. These quotes will come from his Body of Divinity, Book 2, Chapter 5, and Book 6, Chapter 9. I highly recommend studying both sections and his commentaries on the verses containing the subject of of adoption, which are as follows. Romans 8.15 For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Romans 8.23 And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the firstfruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Romans 9.4 who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Galatians 4, 5, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And then Ephesians 1, 5, having predestinated us according to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. First, we quote from Book 2, Chapter 5, where Gill shows that adoption is an eternal and imminent act of God. Adoption, as predestination to it, stands next to election, Ephesians 1, 5 which is no other than his will to adopt the chosen ones, which is his adoption of them. For as the will of God to elect any is his election of them, so his will to adopt the same is his adoption of them, and the complete essence of it lies in his will, and is as such an eternal, imminent act of it, in like manner as election is and may be considered as a branch of it, at least of the same nature with it, and which agrees with the sense of the word adopto, from whence adoption comes, which is compounded of ad, which means to, and opto, which means to choose, so that adoption is God's choice or election of some to be his children and by his option or choice of his they become so. The Greek word for adoption throughout the New Testament is huithusia, 
which signifies putting among the children. The phrase used by God, Jeremiah 3.19, How shall I put them among the children? Or a putting one for and in the room of a son, that is a stranger, not a son by birth, a constituting and accounting such a one as a son, according to choice, will, and pleasure. And divine adoption is an act of the sovereign grace and goodwill of God, Ephesians 1.5, to which he is not induced by any motive out of himself, not by any excellency in the creature, nor for want of a son, one or other of which is the case in human adoption, as of Moses, a goodly child by Pharaoh's daughter, and of Esther, a beautiful person, and a relation of Mordecai. But divine adoption is of persons exceeding, unworthy, and undeserving, with nothing engaging in them, not only strangers, but children of wrath, even as others. And like the wretched infant in Ezekiel 16, it is an act of distinguishing grace, It is of men and not angels, who are servants and not sons, at least not by adoption, and of some men and not of all, though all are alike in their nature state. And it is a most amazing act of unmerited love and free grace, 1 John 3, 1. Now, this is an eternal act of grace. First, it did not begin in time, but commenced from eternity. It is an act of God's will and has its complete essence in it. And the will of God is eternal. No new will, nor any new act of will, arises in God in time, or otherwise he would not be the unchangeable God he is. One, it is an act that does not first take place at believing. Indeed, the saints are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus openly and manifestively, Galatians 3.26. But then it is not faith that makes them children, but what makes them appear to be so. Adoption is the act of God, not of faith. 2. Adoption does not first commence at regeneration. Adoption and regeneration are two distinct blessings, and the one is previous to the other, though they are commonly confounded together by divines. Regeneration is not the foundation of adoption, but adoption the foundation of regeneration. Or the reason why men are adopted is not because they are regenerated, but they are regenerated because they are adopted. By adoption, they are put into the relation of children, and by regeneration, they have a nature given them suitable to that relation. 3. The act of adoption is previous to any work of the Spirit of God upon the hearts of His people. Because ye are sons, sons already, sons by adopting grace, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, both to convince, convert, regenerate, and effectually call by His grace 
and sanctify, and also to comfort and to enable to cry, Abba, Father, witnessing to their spirits that they are the children of God, and hence he is called the spirit of adoption, and it is his influences, teachings, leadings, which are the evidences of adoption. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not that those influences, operations, and leadings make them, but make them evident to be such. Galatians 4, 6, Romans 8, 14. 4. Divine adoption or sonship took place before any work of Christ was wrought in time. For any of the sons of men, it was before the incarnation and birth. For as much then, or because the children are partakers of flesh and blood, the children of God, who are so by adopting grace, henceforth he also, Christ himself, took part of the same. For though the nature he assumed was what was in common to all mankind, yet he assumed it with a particular view to the children of God, the spiritual seed of Abraham, whose nature he is said to take, for whose sake he was the child born and the son given. Isaiah 9.6, Hebrews 2.14 and 16. And in consequence, they must be the children of God before Christ suffered and died. Secondly, adoption is an act of God's free grace from all eternity. One, the elect of God are frequently spoken of as a distinct number of men given to Christ, and as previous to their coming to him by faith, which is the certain fruit and consequence of that gift. See John 17, verses 2, 6, 9, 24, and John 6, 37. Yea, they were given to Christ before the world was. For if grace was given to them in him before the world began, they themselves must be given to him, and he in and be in him before the world began. 2 Timothy 1, 9. Now these were given to Christ in the relation of children, and therefore must be children so early. Behold I and the children which God hath given me. Hebrews 2.13 2. The elect of God were espoused to Christ in eternity. 3. The elect of God were taken by him into covenant, into the covenant of his grace as children, and the sum and substance of which runs thus, I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 6.18 Now this covenant was from everlasting, as the setting up of Christ the mediator of it so soon, and the promise and blessings made and provided before the world began do abundantly testify. 4. Predestination to the adoption of children is mentioned along with election as of the same date with it and as an illustration of it and as an addition to it or rather a branch of it as men by election 
are not only chosen to holiness, but to adoption, and the inheritance annexed to it, Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Adoption is a sentence of grace conceived in the divine mind and settled by the divine mind and pronounced in the divine predestination, which is an eternal act of God, and so says Dr. Ames. Adoption is a gracious sentence of God, which sentence is pronounced in the same variety of degree as justification, for it was first pronounced in divine predestination, Ephesians 1.5, afterwards in Christ, Galatians 4.5, then in believers themselves, verse 6. That was the quote from John Gill. And next, we desire to quote from Book 6, Chapter 9 of Gill's Body of Divinity. However, our time is up for today, and we will continue with this in our next podcast. Farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.